This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from down. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. Oh. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it. Creates and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! Yankees win! That was a good win. Tell you what, that was much better than the win or the game because it was a loss on 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 Friday night. The complete opposite. So. It was solid. It was a solid Saturday night victory for the Knicks, considering how Friday night went. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 287 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. If you are new here, to the podcast and this is your first time listening or maybe your first time watching subscribe whether that be on all the listening platforms you know apple podcasts spotify soundcloud anchor google podcasts and all those platforms that you can listen to the podcast on subscribe share it download give us a rating review comment or if you want to subscribe to the youtube channel BD4 on YouTube, the video format of the podcast. Do all that stuff on there too. I'm also on social media, guys. You can find me at Facebook, RJ Carbone. You can find me on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. All that information and more. If you just want to get to it on one page, you can just go to my link tree, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. That will take you to one page that displays all that crap I just mentioned. Pretty laid out and easy for you right there. But I hope, uh, first of all, I hope everybody had, um, Jesus, can't speak tonight. So as I'm recording, it is a, it's November 28th, Saturday night. I'm sorry, November 27th, Saturday night. As you are listening to this podcast episode, it should be the 28th on Sunday. Um, So I hope everybody had a fantastic and blessed Thanksgiving. Hope everybody spent it well with their family. Um, Yeah. It was a good win. And we're going to talk about that win. First, we're going to talk about the loss real quickly. I don't want to go over that, Um, but this episode won't be too long. I know the last couple of episodes have been close to an hour. Going to try to cut that in half for this episode. Um, But we'll say what we need to say. And we'll get right into the point. So once again. Welcome to the podcast, episode 287 of BD4, where there's no better way 
to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Talking Knicks tonight, obviously. Big win tonight after an ugly, abysmal loss on uh, Friday. So we'll talk about both of these games, recap some stuff, and uh, go over and break everything down, analyze some things. First, let's head to our first break. Be right back. Hey guys, so real briefly, before we get deeper into the episode, I realized that on YouTube, only 51% of you who watch BD4 are subscribed. So we should try and change that to make my channel grow, to get the podcast even bigger. So be sure to subscribe to BD4 on YouTube if you haven't yet. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone, Instagram at Rob J Carbone. I had quite a bit of money on this one. Not going to lie to you. I, I probably should have knew better. Nick's sons. The sons got the better of the Knicks in each of their meetings, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure last year. And um, they're just... This is a team that is on a way different level than the Knicks. The Knicks don't belong in the same gym. And Phoenix showed that. <clears throat> Now, I didn't bet, you know, Nick's money line or anything stupid like that. But I had, you know, a pretty decent parlay. A couple of them. One was a free one. But, you know, I had an alternate spread of the Knicks, you know, plus 12.5 and plus 9.5 on one other. You know, and then some stats. Like, some pretty easy statistics you thought that would happen. Randall scoring at least 15 Barrett scoring at least 12. It's like stuff that, okay, they can at least do that. No, didn't even happen. It was a horrendous game. How the Knicks lose 118-97 to the Suns in the first of the back-to-back. It was a great offensive start for them. The starters looked pretty sharp once again. Um, you had Evan Fournier looking like he was due for a big performance. Um, he starts out 3-for-3 three three from deep in the first quarter. Okay. You've got Julius Randle distributing, facilitating for his team. Mitchell Robinson working on the offensive glass. Then the Suns turned on the Jets, and they started running, and the Knicks started turning it over six times, I think it was, in the first quarter. Led to a bunch of transition hoops for the Suns. They started tearing us apart in the downhill game, the pick-and-roll game. With Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, who, by the way, I've always been a big fan of Ayton. Their pick-and-roll game is is unbelievable. And that became the theme, really, throughout the entire night. It was the pick-and-roll, just picking us apart in the screen-and-roll. Dribble drives, perimeter shooting kickouts, transition hoops, pick-and-rolls. The Suns were just so much quicker than us all night long. They were just outrunning us, ran us out of the gym. This was on Madison Square Garden floor. 
uh, Barrett and Randall. Two top guns in the starting lineup. No-shows. Complete no-shows. Meanwhile, you've got Booker getting 21 of his 32 points in the first half. Knicks are down 57-44 to in the first half. Could have been worse because they left Devin Booker wide open from the left corner in the last second for a three. He misses it. So open. He's one of those shots that you're so open. So open you start to overthink and you miss it. But they were down 57-44. 13-point deficit at the half. Third quarter, surprisingly, we start the gate strong. Kemba Walker has a strong third period. He finishes the night with 17 points. 10 of those points come in the third. He's penetrating. He is getting to the line. He hit a couple of three-point shots. He was really the Knicks' only source of offense in that third term. As Barrett, Randall, and pretty much everybody else continued to sleep. Booker scores 11 more points. Suns continuing to rip the Knicks apart in transition. Hitting three-point shots on the break. It was just unacceptable. Very unacceptable. I mean, you had Miles Bridges beating us on 1v2 fast breaks, where Barrett and Randall were both down there, yet Bridges beats them both to the rim. That is the most despicable, vile, inexcusable act that could happen on a basketball court. Shit like that never flies with me. Lack of effort. Lack of giving a shit. Just the chemistry, not there. Poor communication. I don't know. It's, it's effort to me. And then some poor, poor focus. You know, turning it over a couple of times after a timeout. That one inbound play where we cough it up. What was it, the third, the third quarter? Just absolutely horrendous basketball. So the Knicks lose. Monty Williams clearly won in that game. You know, because he lost the coach of the year to Tom Thibodeau. People tend to use that the term snub so excessively. So I'm not going to say he got snubbed because Thibodeau had a hell of a year. Um, but he was clearly, you know, he played his starters even in garbage time. He was just running them out there. So uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Good for him, though. Suns beat the Knicks, and they beat them in multiple categories. 17-10 to 10 on the fast break. 46% on their threes to the Knicks, 31%. 44 to 34 in the paint. And again, you just go over the box score here. Randall was not very aggressive. He scores nine points on eight shots. RJ Barrett sucked again. He scored 10 points on three for 10. Kemba Walker had 17. You know, it was an okay performance for him. The only positive is we got to see, and we saw it a lot more tonight, some of the youth play. We saw some of the youth. Um, sorry, let me just make sure I'm set up here. Here we go. Manuel quickly had 16 points on Friday night. Six for nine shooting. Also had four assists. Um, Obi Toppin. Toppin 
it was an off night for Toppin. He, he wasn't great. Four points, missing a lot of shots. Easy looks, some bunnies missed. McBride and Grimes got some run. Uh, Kevin Knox even made his season debut. Jericho Sims. But that was it. That was the only positive was that towards the end there, we got to see some of the young kids. Speaking of, we can speak of these young players in a more positive manner because tonight they got us this win. Tonight the Knicks picked up an incredible, maybe their best win of the season, to be honest with you, considering where we are at this point and how much we needed this win. You could say it was their best of the season. So we'll talk about it when we get back from break. Knicks lose the first game of this set, 118-97, but they bounce back on Saturday night. We'll get to it. Be right back. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees I don't know what I would have done if the Knicks did not win this game. You know, because it was... It wasn't a good night for me on Friday night. Friday night was just a rough loss. Um, yeah. I I was ready to jump off a cliff. But tonight was the savior. Tonight was one that got me... You know, I, Listen, I'm not... My confidence with this team still isn't great. Not going to lie to you. I still think in order to, to be more than just a middling 500 middle-of-pack team this season... They've got to do some moves. They've got to make some moves, not just in-house, but they've got to make some trades. But that's for a different day. The deadline's coming up you know, late December, is it? So we'll save that. I um, I was happy, very content, satisfied, call it whatever you want, with tonight's victory over the Hawks, for sure. You know, there was some resemblance of last season's team, finally, with this one. You know, they bounced back. They rebounded very well. They did. They rebounded. In both senses. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was good to see the Knicks be able to split this back-to-back and pick up the 99-90 to victory over the Hawks. Um, quick recap of the game. Obi Toppin, leading the way in the first half, pretty much a lot of it was him. He scores 11 of his 13 points in the second quarter. Um, In the second quarter, he had that ridiculous alley-oop from Grimes. An incredible lob. That one-handed dunk, just displaying so much athleticism. He's a fun fucking player. Knicks have a 10-point lead. 
some point in the first half. They look good. Jericho Sims contributing on both ends with the intangibles. Grimes hounding on defense. Trey Young, Trey Young was, was difficult to stop. He's always going to be difficult to stop. Getting into the lanes and shooting those 30-footers. 22 of his 33 points came in the first half. He helped shave that 10-point Hawks deficit to one point at intermission. Then he gets hot again in the third quarter. He's just pulling up from 30, 35 feet, maybe even a few times. We make the mistake of going under the screen. You know, we go under on those ball screens a couple of times and he pops it, punishes us. But we adjusted. We locked down on him from there. He had zero points in the entire fourth quarter. Entering the fourth quarter, we had built up a nice 11-point lead uh, behind, really, Alec Burks' hot third-quarter shooting. He scores 23 tonight. 15 of those 23 came in the third, and there was a moment where he scored a dozen points in a row in the third quarter. So it was good. It's good that we're having some better third quarters. You know, the starting unit is looking better lately. Lately. Um <clears throat> I'm going to get to why that might be in a second. We'll end with that maybe. But like I said, the Knicks locked it down, especially in that fourth quarter, because they shot really poor, the Knicks did in the fourth. they were I think Breen said they were 3 for 19 and scored maybe 12 or 14 points. I don't have it on the screen. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. But they, they still managed to, to win the game because of their fourth quarter defense. And their defense was spectacular. They held the Hawks to 90 points. 35% field goals. 24% three-point shooting. 75 at the line. The Hawks were minus two in assists compared to the Knicks. They were down three points to the Knicks on the fast break. And they lost the paint game by 10 points. I thought we did a really good job. You know, Outside of the first six or seven minutes, I thought we did a nice job containing that pick and roll. And you know, given how we did so poorly... With our pick-and-roll coverage against Phoenix just the night ago, I really didn't expect this one to go well, given that, you know, that's how the Hawks tore us apart in the postseason last year, was that Trey Young, Clint Capella pick-and-roll game down the, the three lanes. But tonight it worked. It worked. Um, and a lot of it, to me, um, and I think Wally was saying this on the, on the show, had a lot of, a lot to do with Burks. Having Alec Burks in that starting lineup tonight gave the Knicks the ability to switch the pick and roll more often. So whenever Trey Young came off the ball screen at the top, he'd have Randall on him. And credit to Randall, because Randall did a real nice job tonight with his perimeter 1v1 defense. He was switched onto guards multiple times, and he held his own. Much like in the playoffs, I will give him that. As bad as Randall was in the postseason last year, I do remember giving him a lot of credit for his defense on the perimeter. So he did a good job switching tonight. He did not shoot well, again. His offense continues to sputter. Eight points, an abysmal 3 for 14, 0 for 3 from 3. But he grabbed 11 rebounds. He had four assists and just one turnover in 32 minutes. 
which I loved because he did not have to handle the ball every single time tonight. We didn't have to watch Point Julius. Why? Alec Burks and Emmanuel Quickly. Those two guys, fantastic job tonight. We're going to talk about that when we get back. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. Thank you for sticking with us so far, guys. If you uh, haven't yet and you're new here, subscribe to this podcast. All right. Subscribe to us on the many platforms we're on. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen to us there. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube. Um, we're talking about... Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly and Burks tonight. Doing an incredible job handling the on-ball duties. They did. Really, really good job tonight, those two. <laughs> Tell you what. You know, all the talk about Emmanuel Quickly and his playmaking. It's gotten so much better. You know, is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? Should we just call him a combo guard? A, a quasi point, you know, I think Wally called him a quasi point guard. Whatever you want to call him, call him. Okay, He's just a guard. And he's there to play. He's there to hoop. And right now, while we're still trying to figure out our point guard situation, I laugh every time I say that too because it's, it's incredible that we got rid of Elver Payton and we're still having point guard problems. Um, he has improved his playmaking. His ball handling is so much better. His passing is better. Is better. His vision, his patience in the pick and roll. He was running pick and roll so well tonight. I was really, I was actually proud of him. The way he ran the pick and roll tonight. Emmanuel quickly. With Sims. He looked great. With Obi. He looked great. Now he did not shoot well. He shot very poorly. Okay. He was 1 for 7 from downtown. But he did go for 9 points. 7 assists. 2 turnovers. In 31 minutes. And I'm telling you. He looked very comfortable operating pick and roll tonight with that second unit. So now, you know, it's funny because Knicks fans love to live in the moment. Now we're hearing IQ over Kemba. But I was saying that for a bit. It's definitely a thought. You know, it gives the Knicks a dribble penetration threat that Kemba doesn't really bring anymore. 
you know, he's a threat as a shooter, but he can, he can, he's so elusive off the dribble and using those screens. I would give it a thought. Even Burks brings that dribble penetration threat sometimes too. You know, Burks is just so solid at filling in a role. He's such a solid vet. Like last night, he filled in for Derrick Rose and did credible. Tonight, he fills in for Kemba Walker and goes for 23 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. 4 for 7 from 3-point distance, and he played good defense again. The way the second unit as a whole played tonight was absolutely beautiful. And I continue to say this too. They're faster. They are more athletic. There are less turnovers when they take the floor. The ball moves around. The ball swings around the perimeter. Vertical movement. Horizontal ball. Whatever. It moves. The Knicks controlled the pace the entire game tonight. You know, As close as that game was at times, they still controlled it the entire time. This game was in their hands. And that lineup was in the second quarter. Oh my gosh. We have to see that more. It was Emmanuel Quickly, Quinton Grimes, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and Jericho Sims. That is a lineup. And they, they killed it out there tonight. They didn't get a ton of run together, but when they were out there, they played very, very high IQ basketball. Grimes is good, man. I like Grimes. Every time I watch him play, I smile. Okay, the shot's not falling right now, but that's something that'll come. I, I think it can come. But I love that this kid plays defense. He's up in their grill every time. He was hounding Westbrook the other night. Tonight, again, whoever he was tasked with, he was on him. He's up in their grill. He's got really good footwork. He slides his feet. His instincts are great. He doesn't give up. He plays hard. If that shot starts to fall, you've got yourself a nice rotation piece. A good, solid NBA role player. So I hope he continues to get minutes. I also hope that Jericho Sims continues to get minutes. He had a really strong game tonight in 21 minutes. Rebounded six. He sets hard screens. That's what I really like about him. That's the very first thing I noticed when I watched Jericho Sims. And he was doing this in Summer League. But now he's doing it in real games. The difference between a Jericho Sims screen and a Mitchell Robinson screen or even a Julius Randle screen, he doesn't set those slip screens before he rolls or pops. No, he he holds. He'll hold them. He holds his screens. And this way it frees up space for everybody else. And then he makes the roll. That's the one thing that bothers me about a lot of these other guys, you know. Maybe not so much Taj and Noel, but, you know, Randall, Mitch, they set a lot of slip screens. Randall mostly so he can pop and fade. Mitch, Mitch is a good screen setter, but a lot of them are a slip. 
Jericho will hold that shit. Then he'll make the roll. Then he'll make the roll. Right down the lane. And he's fucking athletic. He's athletic as hell. He boxes out. He went up against Capella tonight. And, you know, Capella went for his 16 and 21. Like he usually does. But but I like that he was boxing out. And he was crashing the glass. For a guy who played only 20 minutes. I would like to see him out there more, man. That one play, his head was above the damn rim. He's only 6'10". Mitch doesn't seem like he's moving like he used to. Now that he put on the extra 40 pounds, he's kind of having difficulties, obviously staying healthy, but moving. You can see he's not the same. He's still bothered by this new muscle he put on. This new weight. So I think, you know, while, while we struggle with these injuries of, of with Noel and Gibson, keep throwing Jericho Sims out there as much as he can. I think you got to find time. I love that he got over 20 minutes tonight. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Mitch did play well tonight. I'm not going to rip Mitch. He grabbed 11 rebounds, which was tied with Randall for the most. Got some nice defensive stops, and that was what helped the Knicks run in transition like they did tonight. R.J. Barrett had 15 points tonight, and he shot the ball well, 6 for 11. It was good to see it bounce back from Barrett. Like I said, and like I've been saying, gotta keep playing him with the second unit more. That lineup, gotta keep playing him with that lineup. Because he likes to run. When he's with the starting team, man, he doesn't run. He's, it's not When he's with Randall, okay, I'll just say it. When he's with Julius Randall, Randall's a guy who likes to slow the game down, walk it up court, do his ISO game. And that's just not RJ's style. But when RJ is out there with the second team, he's running. And this opens up opportunities for everybody else because... Barrett in transition draws a lot of attention. I loved seeing him run with this unit. This was a different second unit tonight too, and they played well. It wasn't your typical IQ, Burks, Obi, you know, Tosh. No, it was, like I said, it was IQ, Grimes, RJ, Obi, Sims. It was a beautiful thing to see that lineup, and I want to see them more. So, I, you know, when it comes to making that switch in the starting lineup, again, we have to try it. We have to try it. A little stat I heard tonight listening to an, um, a post-game podcast. The Knicks' offensive rating with and without Randall, 106 versus 117. The Knicks' offensive rating with and without Kemba on the floor, 105 Versus 113. Two ball-centric players who aren't the greatest defensively and don't always move the ball around. But speaking of Kemba, yeah, like I said, it's got to be soon. IQ, Burks, I really don't care. I'm not picky. I think we need to get Kemba out of there. 
I'm not even opposed to going Derrick Rose as the starting point guard at this point. Okay, but here's the thing. If you're hesitant on making a switch in the starting lineup at point guard, maybe you can do what... Maybe we can go with the old Alfred Payton strategy from the end of last season. The Payton treatment. You know, if you don't want to fuck with the second unit's chemistry, do you remember what we kind of started doing towards the end of the year last year in the regular season with Peyton's minutes? We gave him like three minutes or so at the start of the game and in the second half. And if he started to flop, he had a short leash, we pulled him. And we got somebody else in there. Derrick Rose came in the game. Three minutes in, Peyton started doing his bullshit again. So maybe we can do something like that. We just give him a, a way shorter of a leash, and we don't we don't just leave him in there for eight eight minutes. But I just don't see the, the I, I don't understand why we have to be so stubborn and robotic, and why can't we just give it an experiment? You know why can't we just try it out? You know, I, I, there's, there may not be a true floor general on this team, but I do think quickly and, and even Burks are better at playing that lead guard role at this point than Kemba. And they play defense. Did I even mention Emmanuel quickly's defense tonight? Because his defense has even improved too. He's, he's really, if he can keep that up, the way he's playing defense, he plays hard and he stays in front of his man. He keeps his man in front of him. <laughs> He'll be a good starting point guard someday. So why not give it a try? If it doesn't work, okay, you'll you put a short leash on him. But I understand it. It's 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 difficult. It's more easier said than done. This is not NBA 2K. You know, if you put Kemba on the bench... How is he going to play with Derrick Rose or, or whoever's not starting? You know, this is the guy you just got in the offseason. Politi- politics, unfortunately, play a role. They should not, but they do. Do you try and stagger him with Grimes? I don't know. But I, I like the way the Knicks played tonight. I really did. I thought that they, their defense was outstanding. And their offense, although they only scored 99 points, it looked a lot better. It looked better. Fournier. I, I haven't even mentioned Evan Fournier, who had over 20 points tonight. He shot the ball well. Maybe he's coming around. It's like three good performances from him in the last five games or something like that. So. I just think we still need to make a switch in the starting lineup. I I think we should give it a try. Burks, if you want the more experienced guy, although he's not exactly, you know, a true point guard. I think he's reliable. I, I personally think Burks is perfect in the role that he plays right now. I don't think he's your point guard, your everyday point guard. So I would just give Emmanuel quickly a go at the starting lead lead guard. Yeah, I, I really do. I think given the sample size that he has when he gets big minutes, 
he, he does well. And I just think the eye test tells you that he's gotten so much better from last season to this season as that point guard. That playmaking skill set of his has developed a lot. Much better. Um, and excuse on the screen, I know it says 286. This is actually episode 287. But, yeah. That's it. So let's head to break one last time. And when we get back, we'll get to the NYY, NYK question of the day. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability, while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years' worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841 E R J C. 6A2841 E R J C. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. So, last time out, guys, in episode 286, our NYY NYK question of the day was a true or false question. I asked you, true or false, in Tracy McGrady's Nick debut, he scored 26 points which was his most of the 2009-2010 season. In Tracy McGrady's Nick debut, he scored 26 points, his most of the 2009-2010 season. True or false? And the answer to that question, true. (laughs) It's true. I remember many people were so excited that he had it back. He was Tracy McGrady again. (laughs) It kind of didn't go that way. Um... Tonight, our NYY NYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor, episode 287 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Outside of last postseason, when was the last time the Knicks and the Hawks met in the playoffs? And who won the series? Alright, so it's a two-part question. Outside of last postseason, when was the last time the Knicks and the Hawks met in the playoffs, and who won that series? So, if you know this answer, message it to me on Facebook or on Instagram, or comment the answer once I publish the promo to this podcast on one of those platforms. 
Guys, I appreciate you stopping by. Always do. I am your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 287 of BD4, and I will see you next time. Ciao. This episode was brought to you by Anchor, the best way to make a podcast. It's podcasting made easy. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to begin your own podcast.